Hello, and welcome to KFAB, the podcast. Podcast about wrestling and fashion. But mostly fashion. I'm Sarah. I'm Christina. And I'm Katie. We have all of us back together again. I'm so Ooh, excited. Yay. We've done it. Christina, we missed you. I missed you too. I really liked listening to the episode mm-hmm. on my way to work and not knowing what was going to be said and not yeah. having moments where I was like, why'd you say that, you dumb <laughs> asshole? It was really Don't cool. Don't worry, we said that, probably. <laughs> no, it was great. It was very fun. Um, I, I cleared this up on Instagram, but there were a couple of like throws to me where we were talking about like a CM Punk for instance and I was Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna love him forever and I don't even care that he's in this terrible looking movie yeah I mean that movie looks terrible who knows but like I said the ghost is in the built-ins which I I could not stop laughing I listening to you describe it I didn't even watch the trailer because oh. I was like, I just genuinely... I did, and I got scared. Oh, yeah. It's really gross. It it's is. It's a gross... Tra- There's some a lot jumpy of, like... and, like, mm, blood. Yeah. I just, you know... Yeah. It's like, I don't want blood behind my wallpaper. No. I just love... They're, they're, the built-ins are haunted as yeah. a concept. <laughs> as a person who has had so many built-ins. I know. It makes Just, sense. like, Chicago style. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny to yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a mirror in my apartment with uh, Julia Weiss. No. Uh, but in our apartment, there was a mirror that I swear to God was haunted. Because Probably. every time you looked at it from different angles, there were different shadows in it. Nah. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. And Don't I was need like, that. I was like, there's people stuck in there. <laughs> I always think about that. You know, speaking of people who are stuck places, <laughs> um, we're stuck with our friend for life, producer Mike. Do you want to say hi, Mike? Oh, no. Okay. Mike has gotten quiet enough where now he's just holding <laughs> up a whiteboard that says hello my name is producer mike i am a lifelong wrestling fan i am here to fill in any gaps in wrestling related knowledge please forgive the cue cards i am sick and i can't stand the sound of my own voice little sad face little little sad face honestly i thought mike that's very good but i thought this was just an escalation of you being the meekest mouse but it's no it has a real real life purpose the meekest mouse at the orphanage now has a sign (laughs) yeah I'm, i'm glad rest those vocal cords mike I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. I know because you have a you have to go to Broadway tonight. You yeah. know, so. he's, he's, did you have he's a cold? He's on Broadway. <laughs> you have a cold. Okay, yeah, Mike has a cold. Yes. Um, well, normally you would hear our producer, but he will now be using cue cards, which is pretty exciting because good. he won't be. He will have to really think through <laughs> how many times he wants to like just like make a little dig. Yeah. And if we throw to him, <laughs> how quickly he can do it where there's not just like uncomfortable silence yes. <laughs> right. because we won't speak to fill it mm-hmm. yes that's the rules no we never speak to fill because we want to rest our <laughs> yeah and we want to rest our voice because we're on broadway tonight as well yes what yes, are we yes, all yes. appearing in wicked i'm probably in cats honestly. i'm chorus <laughs> i'm chorus in any musical that needs me tonight very cool very You're just cool. swing broadway swing yep. in general i play the broom in wicked <laughs> nice <laughs> I didn't know it was a real human broom. That's like, oh no, I'm very good. Yeah. Do you <laughs> have a little solo tell. dance move? Yeah. You can't tell that I'm there. You don't even know. I'm just that good at being a broom. Wow. Truly nice. a, a, a master of her craft. Thank you. Yeah. Did you also make the slideshow this week, Christina? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell? It's- yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> For one, it's just black slides so it's like darkness Mm -hmm. (laughs) constantly and also i was thinking like what's the thing i know about being 41 and i just wrote who the 41st president was it just says kfab episode 41 george hw bush you know what facts is facts um (laughs) and he's 41 and also this i think that the black background of the slide is in keeping with our i think our loose theme of this episode spooky halloween um, it's the scariest time of the year, and we at KFAB hope you are celebrating yes. with your pumpkins and mirror ghosts. Absolutely. Mirror ghost, your candy corn. Mm, yes. Oh, I'm anti-candy corn, I am also, but... I- I haven't had them in a very long time. They yeah. taste like chalk. They I, make they your just, throat burn. They do? Yeah. I feel like they, they taste like, you know when you like know. stress chew an eraser off of a pencil? <laughs> Did y'all ever do that when you were younger? Yes, okay. yes but yes. I forgot. You just, that was a recovered memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's probably the taste that it left in your mouth afterwards. Yeah. You know? No, that's astute. An uh-huh. astute observation. What was your favorite candy to get as a child? Milky when you're Ways. Tr- Milky Ways are strong. I also uh, liked Milky Way Midnights. Ooh, those Ooh. were good. Mm. Um, I loved Twix. The small yes. Twix were the best. Did They're you know really that cute. they? Did you know about that campaign where they do left or right Twix? Yes. How? What are we doing? I did not know what about this till recently. They were like they have left and right Twix, 
And I asked, like, I bought a bag of candy and I asked the person, I was like, wait, are they different? And they laughed at me for like five minutes. And they wow. were like, no, but. So I was really? like, no, but like, why? And he was like, it was about like, it was right after the election. And I was like, oh, Jesus oh, Christ. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just candy oh, companies getting in on the, that's so the yeah. Discord. Are Do you all right remember Rolos? Yes. Those were my favorite of all time. But They're only really certain older people Rolos. had Rolos. Mm-hmm. Wow. For yeah. Halloween. That's fascinating. It's a throwback, but I mm-hmm. loved them. That is such a, like, old lady with a candy in her bag. Yep, and I totally ruined at least one cap on my teeth oh because my of a roller They're incident. so sticky. <laughs> yep. They're so sticky. It's like that gluey caramel, but they it were is. delicious. They're so good. That's mm-hmm. why you melt them in your mouth and then you mm-hmm. chew on it. Oh, my God. Wow. Mm-hmm. The only candies I didn't like receiving as a child were um, Lifesavers. Mm. Because I was like, no one has time for this. No one has time to suck on this hard candy. No one has time to save this life. No. no. <laughs> I have candy to eat. Candy to eat. This is the only time of year I'm allowed to have candy. Is that true? Uh, no, but we weren't a very candy or sugar-centric household, mm, so it yeah. was a big deal. And my sister and I would always combine our, our God, she was so nice. We would combine all our candies and then sort them out into types and then, like, spend we'd have like candy Some rashes very starey very sarah starey mm. yes a very, a very sarah, uh, scary s- scary story a starey mm-hmm. a very S- sarah story is, yes. what I was trying, <laughs> is honestly what i was trying to say oh but yeah that sounds good mm-hmm. i would just hide it in a bag and like hoard it until they didn't taste good anymore and then mm. i'd be like i have to eat this expired because it melted like 900 it's kind times of a christina story yeah. <laughs> No, it's just like they would get hard. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is What are you story? thinking? You wanna? Do you wanna say something? Producer Mike. Producer Mike looks like he wants to oh, say something. Well, he's got a. Can you tell us what candy you liked, Mike? Oh yeah, tell us your favorite candy as a child. To receive yes. in a bag. So glad Christina went insane while she was away. Yeah. Plus um, nerds. Yeah. Plus nerds. Oh, so nerds, nerds. is your favorite. Yeah. Did you like nerd rope? I've never had a nerd rope. I did like grape nerds. Grape nerds were good. Those were good. Grape nerds. I don't know. Mike is laughing and I can't tell if it's derisive or celebratory. No, it's not. This is really stressful. I'm apparently insane. I've always been insane. I don't think this is new. It's, you know. Although, I mean, it's been a... It's been a time. All right, should we? Let's go. Yeah. We should talk about wrestling, <laughs> ostensibly the topic of yes, our podcast. I think it's great, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, AEW has aired on TNT, and producer Mike says he really likes it. Mm. SmackDown has moved to Fox, and it's, well, let's just give it some time. Uh, but most importantly, mm-hmm. Bailey got a haircut and Ooh. a new heel persona. Oh. What do we think about it? So the haircut, I don't think was styled the best when I saw it, but I do like it in general. This is very much like, I want to speak to your manager haircut. Yeah, the way they styled it was really, I mean, the whole Fox vibe, the SmackDown vibe is very, I want to speak to your manager. Oh, is it? It's it's a lot. It's, wow. It's a lot. They, Kyle pointed out they do like extreme close-ups of like their faces and stuff. So it's filmed really? differently. Wow. They don't do as many wide shots of the crowd and they have so many pyrotechnics. Um, Whoa. And sometimes it's really funny because like they'll bring a person out and you're like, they don't seem like a pyrotechnic person. But Bailey came out and she had, you know, they do the the wavy arm guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess they're called Bailey Buddies, but they inflated <laughs> them, and then she brought out this like spiked stick and stabbed them. Yeah, and deflated them. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah okay. She like turned serious heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I mean, I'm fine with it. I guess. Yeah. I, I'm into it, guys, because she needed a switch up. I also, I kind of like the haircut because, yeah. as we've talked about, the side ponytail really kills oh. me. Always. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe because of this, like heel turn maybe they'll feature her more and yeah she'll get like mm-hmm. the excitement and umph to like really go for it maybe we're trying to do like a becky thing because becky is so good at being a heel but mm-hmm. she was face for so long mm-hmm. so maybe yeah i don't know her new look also i should say um i don't like the text of her name across her chest but yeah. otherwise i really like it same yeah. same it's like the gold and black and white and it's her same basic silhouette with like the the crop top halter top and the kind of lower slung pants but it just looks a lot cleaner without yeah. all the other stuff involved and that was always the thing that we didn't really like about her look before yeah. was all the extra patterns the frills and stuff, and mm-hmm. stuff yeah i would agree mm-hmm. so they've minimized it in, in a way that's really good i just don't like the you know, it looks like a stencil, her name, on her chest. And I saw, yeah. something about that graphic doesn't really do it for me. That's yeah. right. I think it's a, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So what else is news? 
Uh, Finn got a hand tattoo. He did. So he moved to NXT. Mm-hmm. Is that a demotion? Um, Mike's no, shaking his head not no. Not really. And I mean, people, it, it seems to me that like wrestling fans in general are always more excited about NXT than other yeah. WWE brands. So it's it was, it, it seems like a big deal in the good way. People were excited to see him. Okay. Um, he hasn't wrestled there yet. He just came in and did like because he was a promo. injured because of his hand tattoo. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, oh, and NXT oh. moved to the USA Network as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Uh, the hand tattoo. I actually really like it. It's cool. Yeah, I don't like it as a hand tattoo. Yeah, no, no. or as necessarily a tattoo. But like, I would put that art on my wall. So mm-hmm. it's cool art. But yeah. I don't know if I would. Guy. Put yeah, it and on it looks like hand. it's doing his stance too. Yeah, it's cute. I think it's cute, but I would have probably preferred a different placement. Yeah. But I like it. I liked his Instagram video where he got approval from his wife before getting the tattoo. Wow. <laughs> he is apparently not in my algorithm right now. I'm upset. Oh, yeah, is it because he got married? Yeah. <laughs> he got, like, bumped, he yeah. got bumped down. <laughs> he got bumped down. I don't know what happened, but I, he's not showing up right now. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's sad. Mm-hmm. That is sad. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, today <gasps> I did the great Muta. Ooh. Yeah, so uh, Keiji Muta uh, is a Japanese professional wrestler born December 23rd, 1962. Sagittarius. Ah, mm. just like me. Yes. Oh. Um. Or Capricorn. Wanting all through the slides. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Muda was a judo black belt Ooh. with experience in many national competitions prior to being trained by Hiro Matsuda in the New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo. He debuted on October 5th, 1984. And in 1985, he was sent on his first learning excursion to the United States. Primarily wrestling in Florida as the White Ninja, Muda teamed with Kendo Nagasaki before returning to New Japan in 1986, where he was named Space Lone Wolf, (laughs) a space-age type character that was briefly revived in 2005 by uh, Nosawa Rongai. Oh my gosh. So left is White Ninja. This is a look. Yeah. Beekeeper. Does he have sequins on his outfit? (gasps) Yeah. Yes. It was... So he's known for just being completely out there. Mm. And the reason I did him, you'll see more, is there's a very intense likeness to him. Mm -hmm. So you'll see it. And then the right is, of course, the space lone wolf, (laughs) which was so funny because he would just like pretend like he was like literally in space and wear the helmet and then take it off and start fighting. That's very speed racer. Yeah. Or like a drive. Yeah. yeah. It's because of the jacket. It's the same era of... Yes. I'm just realizing now. Wow. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. <laughs> uh, in January 1988, Muda went on another excursion, this time in Puerto Rico, for the World Wrestling Council under his new ring name, the Super Black Ninja. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. He feuded with Miguel Perez, um, with whom he lost a hair versus hair match <gasps> to in April. It was in Puerto Rico he formed the Three Musketeers with Mashiro Chono and Shinya Hashimoto. And this Mm. is them on the left over there. And he wrestled only one match in New Japan during this period. Uh, On July 29th, before returning to Puerto Rico in the fall of 1988, Muda moved to Dallas, Texas, world-class championship wrestling, where he reunited with Kendo Nagasaki and had a short-lived feud with Kevin Von Erich uh, before departing the organization in 1989. Mm. So he went through so many different promotions. Yeah. And at this time, he was he was Kenji Moto. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of would have either a crazy mask on when he had hair. <laughs> and then once he did a hair versus hair, he would wear the mask, but he wouldn't have like a hat or anything on. Mm-hmm. He would take it off. And oh. so he like mixed around with this as much as possible. So... His personality and ring skills shown in his early American matches earned him a high billing within the National Wrestling Alliance. Mm. He first appeared as the Great Muto in the NWA on the uh, March 18, 1989 edition of WCW Saturday Night. Um, 
So Jim Ross pronounced the name as the Great Muta instead of Muto. <laughs> and his manager, Gary Hart, introduced him as the son of the Great Kabuki, mm. whom Gary Hart also had managed years earlier. He wrestled his first match under the new persona on April 2nd against Scott Casey. Mm-hmm. And Muto would feud with stars like Lex Luger, Ric Flair, and Sting. And with Sting, he he like had feuds with Sting for a very long time, and they were back and forth. Um, and some of them got like beyond crazy. Mm-hmm. And so he continued to work with other promotions on top of WCW at the exact same time. So this is the left is him with the three musketeers, and then the right is him just as uh, Kiji Muta as well. So because they called him the Great Muta, did that just become his name then? Was so it intended to be Muto? It was intended to just be Muto for a while, and mm. then you'll see he transitions into the Great Muta. That's funny. Yeah. So this is oh New Japan Pro Wrestling and World Championship Wrestling, Spooky. 1990 to 2009. Muta quickly rose in the ranks upon returning to New Japan in 1990. His Great Muta persona would make its New Japan pro wrestling debut six months later he continued to make sporadic appearances within wcw during 1991 while wrestling regularly in new japan he was shown in attendance at russell war 91 and then defeated old rival sting at the combined new japan starcade um, in 1991 in tokyo japan uh, we sc- scroll down a little bit in new japan pro wrestling match with fellow legend Hiroshi Hayes, is 1992 led to the creation of the Muta Scale, oh. by which how bloody a match is judged. Oh. By the end, both wrestlers and the ring were covered in blood. Oh, <laughs> I watched God. the match. It is, it's insane. Like at one point, he just like sits down and just like spits blood, oh. <laughs> and you're just like, it's truly like cool. incredible, Gross. and like. The intenseness he has in the ring as the great Muda is incredible because mm-hmm. everyone was scared of him. He like made everyone feel vulnerable at every moment and his outfit just was the first of the intimidating. Mm-hmm. And then when he took it off to really feel his face, he'd have a mask underneath. Mm-hmm. Wow. So Muda is one of the greatest masters of ring psychology of an entire generation of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. To this day, he had an uncanny ability to get a wrestler behind him and, or his opponent with great ease. As a prime example, consider the match he had against Justin Thunder Liger in 1996. So he played the heel in this match and got the fans behind him by doing the unthinkable. He ripped Liger's mask off. Whoa. Justin? Justin? Justin. Sorry, Justin. Oh. Justin. We're learning new names every day. Justin. Thank you, Mike Ward. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So. Doing this could have been the same impact on Liger as it was for Mysterio, and masking is a major shame in Lucha yeah. Libre Wrestling, and be unmasked could spell the end of the person's career. Yeah. Yeah. So he literally like was beating the shit out of him till the mask got removed. Wow. Yeah. So everyone gets crazy and is very scared of him. Mm. Uh, there's another match where he comes out as Keiji, and he's just fighting and is not winning, mm. and he goes backstage and changes into the Great Muda mm. and comes out in beats the living shit out of everyone that's very cool and it's really cool to see um look at these masks i love the masks i love the dragon shoulder right i want the dragon shoulder so i have like so this is this like his his main look katie Mm -hmm. that he had okay because i was about to say this is really elaborate that Mm. 3d dragon that he has around his neck is so so involved yep i love it i'm trying to figure out what it's made out of isn't that incredible? That's I just like saw cool. this and was like, because of course producer Mike was like, you should look up Great Muda, and I didn't saw this and was like, done. I'm mm-hmm. 100% just done. Dragon. Did yep. he usually wear face paint underneath mm-hmm. his mask? Mm. When he was a Great Muda, he always had face paint on. And what I was saying earlier about the hair versus hair match, mm. at one point he did the thing where he just shaved. Mm-hmm. And once he did that, he didn't have hats covering. He would just have these elaborate masks that were like yeah. Lucha Libre kind of. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, he's a very intimidating looking dude. And that mask has like a real skull vibe to it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a straight skull. With yeah. some horns. Wow. Really like it. So 
He is known for poison fog. Ah, what? Dokogiri. Um, it's an illegal wow. maneuver of spitting oh. a colored liquid in oh. the face of an opponent in wrestling. Oh, By God. doing so, the opponent will, in kayfabe, be blinded and experience intense stinging in the eyes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So the Great Mona's infamous green mist <laughs> is his most well-known and feared technique he possesses. And as you know, when he can hit you with it and leaves the the recipient blind. Oh my God. So these are all the colors and what they do. And it's become like known in general. So green, the commonly used mist, which is said to obstruct the opponent's vision. Red, quite often used, but is said to burn the eyes. Gangrel apparently used it, but called it blood mist. Yes. Yes. Um, black said to blind the opponent for several weeks. <laughs> Blue sends the opponent to sleep. Yellow paralyzes the opponent, and purple causes momentary distraction and memory loss. Memory wow. loss—that's wild. Very yeah. cool. So um, Asuka actually just started using it. Oh, what really? color? And so we were texting green. Oh, yeah. nice. That's so really cool. There's like he sent me the photo today, and it was her after the match. Yeah. And she just she like sticks out her tongue, and it's green. Uh, and that's what he used to do because a lot of times he they would be like he's not gonna have it. And then he'd stick his tongue out, and it'd be green, and then he'd shoot it out. That's so it'd be like cool. a surprise attack. Wow. Isn't that awesome That's how you see cool. it? Also, like, my thoughts on that, like, how do you wrestle with that in your mouth? I don't know. It seems gross. I'm wondering what it is. Like, if it's colored liquid, so it would be Kool-Aid? in your mouth, I guess. But would it, could it also be that he just put it in? I don't know. I have no clue. Is but it like a tablet? No. That wouldn't couldn't turn it i don't know i don't know I and it's just that like the really i know it's like crazy a gel cap. it's like a yeah like a tylenol because even yeah. if you're like rolling around like wouldn't you like your cheeks be puffed out mine would be yeah. puffed out i couldn't I would, hide it well probably no i think i could keep it under my tongue but i was thinking like maybe it'd be something where it is a tablet and then you take a sip of water off screen or something and yeah. then do it so you wouldn't have to have it in your mouth or you'd have yeah. to do it at the very beginning of a match. But he said he, you said he sticks his tongue out first, which is more surprising. Yeah, occasionally he would. And that's hmm. the thing that they would like trick it or he'd do it afterwards. And people mm. would be like, whoa. That's very cool. Yeah. So did he always wear this like mask in the ring too? This like smaller version of it? So that's when that was, those are older ones. Oh, him. okay, okay. Oh, so when he got mask, older, yeah. yeah. When he didn't have hair, he would usually leave the mask on as well. That's so cool. So, um, he took an extended hiatus to rehabilitate his damaged knees because he was a high flyer as well. So he really fucked with his knees his hardcore. Knees vaporized. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, due to bad bookings and the decline of WCW in its last year, however, Muda could not recapture the previously popularity that he had in the late 1980s and early 1990s. So he returned to television in 2000 episode of WCW Thunder and teamed with uh, the Jung, um, Jung Dragons against Three Count and Tank Abbott. And a week later, he appeared on Nitro, defeating Vampiro um, in the quarterfinals of the United States Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Mm. And later that night, he was pinned by Mike Awesome in the semifinals. He won the tag team championship with Vampiro. And um, after that, his last match uh, came in 2000. In uh, last WCW match was in Texas against Sting. Mm. Oh, hi, friend. Yeah. And then after leaving WCW, a no complete clause in his WCW contract prevented him from competing in the WWF. Mm. And so that's like really interesting. There's a lot of articles of they made a huge mistake for yeah. not having him part of it because he would have been even bigger mm-hmm. at that moment, if so. So this is him with Sting, of course. Mm-hmm. And then I just love this photo, this Wrestling Illustrated photo. Yeah, what? Yeah, just like all of them together. Yes. And then the corner gif is him with uh, Ric Flair. And look at the moves he does. Like, yeah. he's incredible. No wonder his knees are destroyed. Yeah. yeah. It's also really funny to see him with Sting. Sting in the, the pre The Crow Yeah. yeah. And it seeing them side by side like that with him in the white face paint and Sting mm. in the stripey face paint, you're like, gee, Sting, I wonder where you got your idea from. I oh, felt exactly the same way. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I guess he was cribbing from so many things with that character anyway. Mm. Oh, yeah. And there's like, they had one that was, I think it was called like the mask versus mask match. Mm. And so they were like, do we reveal at the end of it? There were so many different ones that they had. Mm. Um, so next slide, please. 
So <gasps> from this, um, he went to All Japan Pro Wrestling from 2002 to 2013. Wow. Oh my god! Yeah, so he just like wrestled on and on and on. Um, so these Look are the all dragon. of his. Yeah, these are all of his incredible masks. Those I just so wanted to show them really, all. Really, they're so beautiful. So which, Katie? Which one's your favorite? I want all of us to pick our favorites. Mm. Um, I'm actually a really big fan of the bottom middle one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one that I like. The gore looking one is very much my favorite. Because look mm-hmm. at the teeth on that. I mean, that's yeah. so detailed. It yeah. looks kind of like the Donnie Darko rabbit as it well. It does, <laughs> yes. Also a gore looking creation. Yeah. Yes. But for the record, Mike did write on his board, look at this gore looking motherfucker. Yep. So should, mm-hmm. should allow the reader, the viewership, the readership, the listenership. <laughs> the ships were on All to the know ships. Friendship. My favorite one is this guy. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. So that's when he's older. Those are what he would wrestle in. That looks like Guardians of the Galaxy, like, creature coming out. And I love the the use of this, like, dragon on his shoulder once again. It's mm-hmm. very fun. And I like that the te- the bottom row of teeth are painted and the top row, it's a sculpture. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, it's super cool. detailed and very, very spooky and Are cool. you going to say pirate, Sarah? <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm tempted by the pirate, but I actually like the sparkly blue one. It is a good I one. I knew that yeah, was going to be yours. That's I really, so funny. I really like it. I think I'll probably post... Um, these these favorites i'll probably post the favorites on our slides this week so everyone can see what Yay. we're talking about yeah. there's so many beautiful things to choose from with him though because these costumes are really quite elaborate and the the detail work on the masks is gorgeous you know those are like custom made masks too and i'm just thinking about like who sculpted all those little ridges mm-hmm. for his dragon looks and stuff yep mike do you have a favorite look on this slide you can point mm-hmm. Oh, you the like same the blue way you like too? the blue. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Mike likes the blue one. Yeah, Mike is a secret sequin guy. Yeah. That. Oh, that's oh, not no. a secret. That's not a <laughs> An secret. <open> secret. <laughs> you spilled the secret. All right, so January 30th, 2010, uh, under his Great Muda gimmick, made a special appearance for Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Oh. Yes. Um, in Los Angeles during the Wrestle Reunion uh, fourth weekend, teaming up with Kai in the match where he defeated the team of Joey Ryan and Scott Lost. Hmm. Yeah, in 2013, he announced the foundation of a promotion that he wanted to start named Wrestle One, uh, bringing over many of the former wrestlers of All Japan Pro Wrestling uh, that left in June. So he had his whole entire, he started his own promotion in 2013. And then in 2017, he announced that he was stepping down as a president of Wrestling One and um, that he would remain a representative director, but he didn't want to really be in charge as much. And then 2019, he returned to Impact Wrestling in the main event um, as with the tag team. And then he was known for wrestling recently. I think it was like 2019 is the last time he's been wrestling since. Mm. Wow. wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the, what's really interesting too is outside of pro wrestling, he owns a sushi restaurant <laughs> called Dining 610, Ooh. which was inspired by his early space lone wolf gimmick. Yes. It is also with noting that the number 610 um, means Muda. Oh. Oh. Interesting. I want to know how, like, how it is inspired by that. If, like, the decor is very, like, Tron. Spacey. Yeah. 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 That's a good. Or I guess it's more Akira since he had the motorcycle helmet. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I really love this picture of him wearing all of his belts. Right? And yeah. Cool? That is cool. Also, I took those photos because, as we said, the Muda scale. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, look at his forehead. forehead. Yes. Oh. Yep. He, he was bladen. He be bladen. He bleeding a lot. Oh he be bladen. God. Yeah. I thought he was just thinking. <laughs> but those are scars. No, those no. are straight those up scars. Aren't a thin- those are thinking man scars, but not in the way you'd expect. <laughs> and so one thing that I just did, of course, with my Reddit holes is... Um, oh, boy. My Reddit... <laughs> yes. Your Reddit holes? My Reddit deep holes that I go through. Um, okay. Is, I know. I looked um, to see because I was like... His outfit, when he is a great mood, I was like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, if Finn, as the demon, was deriving from that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And because he was New Japan for so long, mm-hmm. 
And I was like looking at it and people are like, the only thing they could say is like his mask would be, his like face mask would be something of the sort. Yeah. Um, and there's like a little bit of like similarities, just the intenseness, but no one, one thing that they've talked about in a lot of articles is that he's the most intense wrestler anyone has seen for a very long time. And the only people that like stuck to a gimmick as much as he did would be like the undertaker. Yeah. Mm. They were saying a lot of people have that's not cool. done something as intense as he has. So mm -hmm. that's why WWF and WCW like really missed out by keeping him around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Wow. What an interesting guy. I definitely have come across his name, but yeah, yeah, I didn't know anything about him. That's very cool. Very like strong him. choice. Very Halloween appropriate. I know. Very Halloween appropriate. And Speaking of Halloween appropriate, Katie, I want to give you a formal apology before we go into my guy this week because there are some pictures I selected that are scary. Okay. Oh, and I will try to warn you because I'm doing Bray Wyatt. Oh, gosh. Man. Finally. Congrats. Finally. It's time. It's time. It's oh, been about six months of me promising. so Southern. Oh, my God. It's the but season I of The Fiend. couldn't be more thrilled to talk about Bray Wyatt today. Um, he really scared me on SmackDown. Legitimately. His music is scary. His music is very scary. It's awesome. Oh I watched... Uh, anyway, we'll get into it. So yeah. his name is Wyndham. Hold on, though. What? Mike is writing yeah, something. I his just his name is Wyndham Lawrence Rotunda. Rotunda? Rotunda. Wyndham Rotunda is a place, not a person. Yeah. Yes, it is. And it's a person. Uh, but he was born in Brooksville, Florida on May 23rd, 1987. I think that's a Taurus. It might be a Gemini. Anyway, he's 31. Uh, but also, does he not seem like old as fuck? Like, this is a thing where I was looking at it, I was like, oh my god, he's a year older than me? He seems so much older than me. Anyway, he's a third-generation professional, professional wrestler and debuted in FCW in 2009 under the name Alex Rotunda and then Duke Rotunda. <laughs> then he joined NXT in 2010 as Hux Husky Harris and Aww. turned heel pretty quick, and he joined the Nexus Heel Stable with Heartthrob CM Punk as mm -hmm. part of WWE Raw. But he went back to FCW after getting punted by Randy Orton. Oh my god. <laughs> LOL. And in 2011, adopted the gimmick of the hockey mask wearing Al Axel Mulligan, but the character never made it to FCW TV. Then in April 2012, he debuted a new character, Bray Wyatt, and founded the Wyatt family in November with Luke Harper as his first son and Eric Rowan as his second. And that... Those two paragraphs were, I want to say, seven paragraphs on Wikipedia. So this is Ooh. high level. We're, we're 20,000 feet above the Bray Wyatt story. Mm -hmm. But this first, you can see over here is a Husky, um, whatever, Husky Harris. Sorry. Husky Any, Rotunda. Husky, Husky Rotunda. Rotunda. Over there, just a good old boy wearing his like Husky t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Diaper, doing the whole thing. And then over here is Bray Wyatt as his typical uh, costuming of looking kind of like a street punk that you'd see on the street with oh, a pit bull. I forgot that those pants are Crust what punk. gave us mm. Braun Strowman's weird pants. Mm -hmm. They are they what gave us Braun Strowman's weird pants, yes. Wyatt family notorious bad pants havers. Yes, <laughs> bad pants havers indeed. Um, and then the center is his newest iteration, The Fiend, as well as uh, his Bray Wyatt character on his uh, Firefly oh, I hate show. The fiend oh, so I'm much. so sorry because there is so much of it. Ooh. So in May 2013, WWE aired a bunch of vignettes promoting the upcoming debut of the Wyatt family, and they show the Wyatt family's backwoods origins and Rowan wearing a lamb mask. <laughs> the Wyatt family debuted on July 8th and assaulted Kane, but I'm unsure if they married him. There's literally <laughs> no way to know. On the final Raw of 2013, the Wyatt family attacked Daniel Bryan until the latter joined the fam. And then they started losing a lot. And so Wyatt would uh, punish Bryan, which led Bryan to attack the other members of the Wyatt family. And then they like, he broke free of the group and the group kind of like fell apart for a little while. But his role in this was essentially like daddy cult leader. Hmm. Um, you can see that it ranged from his typical like metalhead backwoods shit to like full Tommy Bahama, Jack Nicholson yeah. on vacation look. That's a real like Hawaii Five-O Magnum PI. Magnum PI is what I was thinking of. Sorry, Magnum I'm PI. conflating my dad shows. But that's Magnum PI is definitely what he's dressed as. Oh, Cape, Cape Fear. Fear. Yes, mm -hmm. it is Cape Fear. Thank you. Yeah, so just a full. Isn't on... that the scary one where he's like in the back of a like boat or something? Mm hmm. Yeah. All I know, that's the one where he, he puts his fingers in Juliet Lewis's mouth, right? Oh my God. Is that Ooh. in Cape Fear? 
Ugh. I just remember they're driving a boat, a trailer, and he's like in the back of it or something, right? There like is a boat. There, Mike drew a car for us. Okay, and like, he's underneath he the car. He okay. under the car. But didn't he, wasn't he in the boat and then traveled? Okay. We don't know. We might be thinking of a bunch of different movies. Yes. Again, there's no way to know. We'll we never know. We'll never know. We don't have Google. We, we don't. don't. <laughs> we, we don't know. We can't do it. We read all this out of books. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I did a library research. Okay, so Wyatt feuded with Cena for uh, John Cena for a while, uh, where Wyatt wanted to prove that Cena's heroic act was a facade. Characteristic of this era of lies oh while also trying to turn Cena into a monster. <laughs> and it continued after WrestleMania 30 based on the story that Wyatt was capturing Cena's fan base, which was exemplified by Wyatt leading a children's choir to the ring on the April 28th episode of Raw, and the children later put on sheet masks. Then, at Extreme Rules in May 4th, Wyatt defe- defeated Cena in a steel cage match after repeated interference from the rest of the Wyatt family and a demonic child. Who's the child? I couldn't find a picture of it. I tried yeah. to. But I did just like, here, there they are beating the shit out of him, and he's yeah. like in the oh center. Oh, my gosh. So, a, a side note, yes. whoever the, the red beard Wyatt's Rowan. son is. Oh, Rowan. Yeah. I really like his jumpsuit. It is a good jumpsuit. He does look like an escaped inmate. Yeah, he, he does. He does, but yeah. I also am just looking for a good utility jumpsuit right now, and I'm like, that's good inspo. I'll put it on Pinterest. <laughs> Big Bud Press. <laughs> anyway, following... <laughs> Big Bud, right? What is that place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, following Royal Rumble, Wyatt began a series of cryptic promos referring to himself as the new face of fear at Fastlane. <laughs> And then he emerged from a casket and challenged The Undertaker for a match at WrestleMania 31, which The Undertaker accepted, but, you know, crushed Wyatt and duh. Because you can't jump out of a casket and fight The Undertaker, please. Mm-mm. The man no, lives in a casket. House. That's his house. Uh, the Wyatt family re-upped in 2015, and a few months later after SummerSlam, Braun Strowman was introduced as a member of the family during the Wyatt family reunion. So then we're going to flash forward to November 2017 when he began a feud with Matt Hardy after defeating him in a match, which resulted in Hardy's broken gimmick reemerging. Uh-huh. And they feuded for a while. Delete. Yes. Delete. <laughs> they did this for a while. Um, like, there's a lot of different matches in between here, but this one I like, which is that on March 19th episode of Raw, Hardy defeated Wyatt in the ultimate deletion match. Oh. Following the match, Hardy put Wyatt into the lake of reincarnation yep. where Wyatt would disappear, making his status unknown. But he would occasionally show up at match like to help Matt, but then Matt got hurt and they like weren't a team anymore. So what was the lake? What is this? Was this like a film segment where they like went oh, to a lake? This was his YouTube series. Oh, no. I this just want to know if it was a real lake or if it was like a water hazard at a golf course or not. This is part of the compound. Oh, it was part no. of the compound? Yes. They had a lake on the compound? They oh, ride ATVs over to the lake. they had a lake on the compound. They go noodling? Oh, he, oh, pushed, he literally pushed him off pushed a dock? He pushed him into yeah. a lake and from a dock. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there was a drone footage of it. Like, there's a so whole funny. entire scenario. Oh, my God. Um, so, as I've said, kind of like Wyatt's character from 2013 to 2018 was an evil cult leader who believed himself to be more monster than human, leading the Wyatt family and using a lantern to light the way in the dark arena during his entrance with entrance music by Mark Crozer. The character drew comparison to Max Cady of the 1991 film Cape Fear and fellow oh. wrestler Waylon Mercy. Okay. So that's like kind of where it comes from. Uh, but yes, and so this is his t- typical outfit, just like kind of a black sleeveless shirt. Again, looks like one of those dudes sitting on the corner with a pit bull. Mm-hmm. Crust uh, punk. Crust punks. Yeah, like very white man dreads, lots of tattoos. Not to confuse you with built-in horror uh, character CM Punk. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So in April 2019, so he disappeared for a while. I will say that. But ominous vignettes began airing across WWE programming depicting a sinister buzzard puppet, (laughs) a witch doll, and various other toys. And we remember this because we were all like, Abby 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 the Witch. Witch. Abby the Witch. Um, But like, we remember this and we were like, oh God, what the fuck is this? So this went on for a while. So, but on April 22nd and 23rd episodes of Raw and SmackDown Live respectively, he came out sporting different hair and a shorter beard with a leaner physique and returned to television with a new gimmick as an eerie children's entertainer hosting pre-taped segments called Firefly Funhouse <laughs> with the aforementioned puppets called Mercy the Buzzard, which uh, calls to his catchphrase, follow the buzzards, mm-hmm. and Abby the Witch with Ramblin' Rabbit and Huskus the Pig introduced later. The latter was a reference to his previous gimmick, Husky Harris. Husky oh. Harris. Nice. Um, 
this shit is awesome. We watched it. I think Mike made us watch it and then talk mm-hmm. about it immediately after the first one. And then there, I watched all of them this morning. You can WWE cut them together and it's 30 minutes long if you want to watch all of them. It's wow. very fun. Uh, but this guy from Deadspin described it as, I'm just going to read the quote, which is, I said this was a demented children's show and it nails the look and feel. The colorful set that's distracting because you can't quite tell if it's green screened in or not. The animated but faintly condescending host, odd green screen musical interludes and so on. Plus brainwashing. There's also lots of brainwashing. <laughs> Which is like, it is honestly paced so well and it is so well done. It feels like a well done, like good adult swim show. Yeah. Um, there's an episode in particular that I'm going to show like, not a clip from because we can watch it after, but I'll post it. Uh, there is a clip where Vince McMahon puppet comes out and they it's an exercise episode about the importance of exercising. And then they all dance do the muscle man dance in front of a green screen and it is batshit insane and so funny and it like is intercut with him being super threatening like he is such a good actor and he transitions so seamlessly from like super manic children's host to like deeply terrifying like threatening persona like so quickly and with such precision it's truly like this is great acting like i yeah when I'm watching, you get chills. You're like, yeah. oh my God, he's so good at it. And this is exactly like my shit. I love it so much. Um, so here you can see, you know, Mercy the Buzzard and Abby the Witch. Yeah. You know what? I think Bray Wyatt is kind of good looking. In I do too. He is good looking. Yeah. I mean, he's good looking anyway, but I have not to this. say this, this, uh-uh, this person, well, not the fiends, but the Bray Wyatt Firefly mm-hmm. house. The fiend scares the living shit oh, out of I'm so sorry because this image... Mike had actually sent me, I think, a picture of this and because he couldn't send it to KFAB because he knew that it would scare Katie, which is he's using Bray Wyatt's head as a lantern now. It's very... Mm-hmm. I saw that um, Kyle was watching the episode where he first brought that it's out and I was fucking like, Kyle, I have to say I don't care for this. I think it is literally the coolest thing. It's well made. It is so well made. It is like the mask itself is it's well made. So it's terrifying. so scary. It's so scary. But also it's scarier because of the way he introduced it. Like I I fully recommend that everyone go watch these shorts because it's literally him being like, "Hey guys, I'm a bad man, but I'm okay now." And the first one you're like, "Oh, this is very like scary and like almost uncanny valley, like just unsettling." And then it gets worse and worse, but the pacing of it is so well done. That, so like, does he just come out as a fiend? No, he's like, I have a secret to tell you. Like, There's a place where I keep all of my thoughts to make sure that they don't come out, and I have to do it this way or else I'm not going to be able to live. And like, I'll, like, It basically is like, there is such a monster inside of me that I need to keep him contained to this like secret room, and that's when the fiend comes out. Oh, God. And he's like, the fiend is inhuman, and he like threatens... Uh, Finn Balor in one of them in a way that is like Finn like you don't know what you're doing by calling on this entity like you shouldn't let him in and every episode ends with him being like you just gotta let me in and it's so scary I love it (laughs) okay so during his initial segment when he introduces character he destroyed a cardboard cutout of himself with a chainsaw and cheerily told viewers that they all he had to do was let him in and he's not a bad man anymore and then over the next few weeks, the promos became more and more sinister, and one featured Wyatt painting a picture to express his suppressed feelings, which was a painting of the Wyatt family compound being burned with Sister Abigail inside, mm-hmm. which is a reference to the WrestleMania 33 feud with Randy Orton. And then we met another new character, which can best be described, and this is from Deadspin again, if Vince McMahon was in Dark Crystal and also Satan. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. It is right here. This extremely upsetting new puppet was brought aboard to do the muscle man dance with everyone. And that episode is, I think, truly, like, epic performance art. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, it's just good comedy. Like, it's good comedy. It's good horror. It's good wrestling persona. Like, this storyline is the most fun. So another featured him having a picnic with expressionless children. Oh my god. Oh my god. So in this one, the buzzard ate the rabbit. <laughs> and he's like, hi, well, I'm mad at you, but at least you expressed your feelings. Oh. Now you get a reward. We're gonna have a picnic. And all the kids are just like dead faced. It is so freaking good. Uh, wow. <laughs> and then another showed why it's secret and that he was able to control and harness his darkness with him appearing in more sinister clothing and evil looking mask, which he then referred to as the fiend and said, he's here to protect us. Um, following the final installment of Firefly Funhouse, the puppets began making cameo appearances backstage during broadcasts of Raw and SmackDown, but other wrestlers didn't know. They would just start popping up. Oh my 
God. And on the July 15th episode of Raw, Wyatt returned as the Fiend and performed Sister Abigail on Finn Balor. And then he attacked Mitt Foley on Raw Reunion the next week using Foley's finishing move, the Mandible Claw, which he'd been using since. Which It's so funny to reclaim the Mandible Claw. I know, it is. It's so great. During the Fiend's entrance, he carries Wyatt's several, severed head with a lantern inside it and uses a heavy metal cover of his old theme music performed by Code Orange. During in-ring bouts, the Fiend has been presented as having an unnatural endurance and strength, being able to withstand multiple finishing moves, weapon attacks, and more before kicking out of the pins at a one count. So, like, dude is just going full-on ham. I, I, this is the best thing. I truly think this is the best thing. Also, his gloves, I want to say it says heal and harm I forget heal and hurt and so he puts them to his head and he goes I don't know which one we're going to pick and if he gets hurt he smashed the rabbit with a hammer and then he made jam out of the rabbit's intestines oh my god and then but the rabbit keeps coming back to life they just keep killing it in various ways it's so funny this is really wild. Yeah, this is. You really have to watch it. Like, truly, like, I knew all this stuff was great, and then I was like, oh, I should probably, like, re-up and watch all of them in a row. And I did this morning, and I was just sitting there like, this is just good. Like, it's just good. It's just good. It's well-made. Mm-hmm. It is... I mean, the puppets are really well done. Like, the set that they made for it is really good. Oh, cool. Mike just held up a sign. Would you mind holding it back up, Mike? Which is that Fox would edit in footage of the Fiend into football games and stuff as promotional material. That Can you imagine being just like an average person trying to watch football and then this shit comes in? <laughs> it's no. so weird. Because they do the other thing, too. It's like on SmackDown, they're yeah. like, let's go to our football announcers talking about their favorite wrestlers. And then it's all the football guys like clearly filmed like two weeks before in their studio being like, I liked... Hulk Hogan. Like, they yeah, don't know yeah. anything about wrestling. It's very funny. That is very They're funny. They're trying so hard to cross-promote it, and it seems like oil and water. That's so weird. So, uh, his personal life. Rotunda married his high school sweetheart, Samantha, in 2012. Oh. Well, uh, oh, no. <laughs> two, oh, no. they had two children together before uh, Samantha filed for divorce in March 2017 after oh. discovering his affair with ring announcer Jojo Offerman. Oh. Oops. Uh, the divorce was bad and hard. And he, like, sued his wife for defamation and stuff. Um, It was bad. But on May 18th, 2019, Rotunda and Offerman welcomed their newborn son, Nash, on social media. (laughs) And uh, Braun Strowman is the child's godfather. Oh, wow. That baby is... It has a lot of large men in his corner. Many, many a large men in his corner. Uh, but here he is with JoJo and his baby as the fiend, which I think is one of the better photos taken. Uh, and then here he is fighting Seth Rollins most recently mm-hmm. in Hell in a Cell, which looks terrifying. And then you can buy a Firefly Funhouse box on WWE's website. Should we buy it? I kind of want to. How much is it? I don't know. I did not. Probably a lot of money. Oh, also he says Yowie, Zowie, and it is truly terrifying. Like oh he's gosh. so good at this role. I love it. I can't wait to see if it deepens even more. But. It's very good. It's definitely, I think, the best thing going on for this company right now. In, in your research, did you uncover what he did in the most recent SmackDown? I didn't, no. So full disclosure, we are recording this a week before we're releasing it. So uh, it is currently October 12th right now. Um, last night, I watched SmackDown live on Fox, and... <laughs> It was the draft, which was wildly oh, funny yeah. for its own reasons. But they had this match that was um, Seth Rollins and um, Roman Reigns uh, fighting to see which... It was some draft advantage. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, but then at the end of it, Seth was about to finish it, and then all the lights went down, and they started playing his the Fiend music, oh which is gosh. so scary. And then they had the red lights, and Seth's like, where is he? Our favorite thing happened, guys. Came out the of the floor. came out of the floor. I did know that, actually, yeah. He and did. he, like, grabbed him, and it was, like, scary red strobe lights. And he pulled him through the, the trap door in the floor. And then it, it was, like, they turned all the lights back on the arena, and there was just this hole in the arena. And then smoke started coming out of it. Oh, my gosh. And then, like, it was... And then and then Seth, like, pulled himself out of the hole and was all, like, ah, like, freaking out. And then, like, the fiend, like, appeared back at the entrance ramp and, like, did some scary posing for a while. And it was genuinely scary because his music's so scary. It's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I loved Code Orange. That was great. But, yeah, it's a... 
yeah i did hear about that mm-hmm. but i didn't put it in because i was just like there's so much shit happening there's so much stuff and you really distilled it really well thank you and very much i i think it's, it's so smart it's such a smart thing to it's do so it is. smart this is so much scarier to me well admittedly we're seeing the very tail end of the undertaker so we weren't seeing when he was like scary but this is legit scary to me in a way that i feel like the undertaker cannot be anymore was people dirt at all scary Yes. Back yeah? in the day, okay. absolutely. Yeah, Mike has told us, and, uh, and other wrestling fans have told us, he was very scary, and I, I would believe it. But now yeah. he's just, you know, he's he's kind of achieved the legend status where it's not as scary anymore. Yeah, yeah. I really, truly, truly think this angle is just the most fun. Like, and I've I've said, like, it's just it's the combination of like this That's... whimsical, dark fairy tale, like it's dystopian like it's just it's so smart it's so smart it's just like it's something that was entirely missing and it's something that like i enjoy watching in general where it's like a combination of horror and comedy in general works so well and he again is like a very good actor like he really carries it through and it's all just micro movements microfacial expressions and like eye changing and like it's just, just very manic and it's like, manic to immediate like to immediately intimidating yeah. like the shift is just so intense and so it's just great like it's truly like I will probably rewatch them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really yeah. like them. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch them later. It's like my I always want to watch at least one scary thing. Oh yeah, scary season. So maybe this will be my scary thing. It's not that scary. No, it's like it's it's unsettling. Mm -hmm. I think it would scare Katie, but that's your own admission. Yeah, but like I don't think you would be scared. No, it can't be scarier than the Baba Duke, who's the other famous person who always says "Let me in." No, yes, it is not scarier than the Baba Duke. The Baba Duke is very very few things are scarier than the Baba Duke to me personally. Although I know it's not the scariest. No, Hereditary was. Oh, Hereditary was much scarier. That fucked up my life for a while. I was like dripping sweat in a movie theater watching Hereditary. I know. I was there. Yes, we were there. (laughs) We were sweating together. Um, Well, that's. I mean, excellent work, Christina. Yeah. Thank you very Excellently much. Excellently researched. Thank very you. good distillation of information. Very pleased to have finally gotten it. Now, this is like a giant cloud that's been hanging over my head, and I'm so glad it dissipated. And now <laughs> you can have it be free. Mike, yes. do you have any thoughts about anything before we continue on? Oh, thank you, Mike. It's a nope great job, and everyone looks great. <laughs> so Thanks. nice. Okay, so my, ta- my subject was a surprise to everyone this week, so we're going to yes. take a quick pause while I pull up my research. Yes. Yay. What? Surprise. It's, it's Pepe McMichael. <laughs> um, a dog. <laughs> what? Okay, so um, first let's state the obvious. Pepe McMichael was a dog. <gasps> A chihuahua, to be exact. He belonged to Stephen Douglas, quote, Mongo McMichael, a WCW commentator. And sometimes wrestler, but mostly commentator. He made his Nitro debut in September 1995, and that's really all I could find about him. I don't know his birthday or his sign. He was old when he made his WCW debut, so he wasn't on for very long before he passed from this earthly realm. Um, but here's what Deborah <laughs> Mongo's wife said about Pepe. We would call him Peppy. I'm trying to remember how he started coming on Nitro. Because I know Steve McMichael and I, you know, we were almost, we were very childlike. We would do oh things just God. to laugh all the time. I'm sure we just thought it up to bring him because he's so ugly, you know? <laughs> the ugly little old chihuahua. He was so ugly. Rude, I think, Deborah. Uh, then, of course, then you've got to dress him up. Then I had friends. They would make him these little outfits. My friend would make him little outfits and give them to me and then he would just go right on the show that's actually steve's dog <laughs> so i have this um interview with deborah that i'll, I'll link she was um a, a valet for a while of they're no longer married but like when they were married this was their dog how and could you divorce if this is your shared sense of I humor mean, I, know. I know right this seems like a match made in heaven and then i have um stephen mcmichael did a video interview a couple years ago where someone asked him about pepe and he's like oh my god Pepe and he like goes back in time in his mind he's like that dog lived a wonderful life I took him into restaurants all the time like he had a really long happy life like they loved this dog um and I have this um Upper X piece I found him through this thing that that my husband sent to me that was like eight great dogs in professional wrestling (laughs) on Upper and I was like I'm gonna cover him sometime for the podcast that's so funny and Halloween seemed like the perfect time Mike says, are we going to ignore Christina laughing for two minutes straight? This is the reaction I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to bring us some, some. you know what? Halloween is also funny as well as scary. Because of costumes. Yes. 
And Pepe only wore costumes. And honestly, because this is a fashion look podcast. Look at that little helmet. Can we talk about that little teeny it's, helmet? Guys, look how many slides I have. I saw that. I know. I saw it. Like, when you said a dog, I was like, wait, there's 11 There's slides. 11 slides of costumes, and I didn't even do that deep of research. Um, so this is so I did amazing. my traditional lineup of gifts. So you can see, okay, and this one over here, he is a motorcycle man. So he has a tiny helmet on and he is waving. Look at his expression. This dog kills me. So he's waving. I'm going to do a lot of posts of, I might do a separate. Do a Pepe because his looks are truly extra. Um, he often matched with his dad. As you can see here, he's wearing a leopard print cowboy hat and a leopard print jacket. And um, Mago is wearing a, a tiger striped shirt. Uh -huh. And they always did this joke where they would turn the dog around and show his butt and say, that's where the batteries go. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> the dog was so little. That's so this where is, the batteries go. Yeah. And they said, could you turn that tarantula around for a sec, which is incorrect, sir, because he's clearly a space alien. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But he's got little dealy boppers <laughs> on his head. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is him threatening Ric Flair down in the corner. You can oh. see he's attacking Ric Flair. Ferocious. Yep. And then this is him as Santa, in which he looks just very at peace with the world. Oh, he does. With a little beard on. And then there's like him with his little cowboy hat on. Oh, oh my gosh. Pepe. Pepe? What a legend. Oh okay, God. so some no. fun hats and be I tried to theme no. the slides. So this is his his like western wear he often wore. Here's some fun hats and bandanas to start us out. So this is when he's like being you know, he's he's like a, a border town, like maybe bad guy maybe he's gonna rob the town bank and he's got a little bandana pulled over his face mm -hmm. to disguise his identity and then this is him smiling <laughs> smiling with his dad on the right and he's got like another little bandana and like a little trucker cap on oh my gosh <laughs> christina's just silently losing it over here um I'm crying. Oh my I god, mean, is he a such bat? such a good dog. Okay, so here's him <laughs> matching with dad. Oh. This one, he's supposed to be Elvis, and it's kind of hard because the picture's not very high quality, but he has an Elvis wig on and little sunglasses, and he's wearing an Elvis... Um, he has a jacket with like pictures of Elvis on it. Oh my gosh. And then um, in this one, it's he's back and I accidentally put in his leopard print look twice. Oh, I apologize. How embarrassing. And then this is him in a little sailor, sailor. outfit. <laughs> and I saw someone make a joke on Twitter that this is where Lacey Evans got her costume inspiration <laughs> from. That's a great Which bit. is pretty good. Um, I like his sailor look. It's very jaunty. Oh he's my got God. a little anchor in the front of his little tiny hat. Which is really good. Um, also, I should say, from what I could tell, I tried to find the YouTube videos, and there's nothing. I found one that was labeled as his debut. They just never really talked about it. And he wasn't like brought up as a thing, even necessarily. He was just there all the time. And uh -huh. sometimes they would like be like, what's he dressed as tonight? But he was usually just around and fans were really divided on whether or not they like pepe that's divided insane. i know i'm like how why would you earth? not like this is there nothing that we can agree on <laughs> yeah dogs and costumes good yes yeah, i good. say but also emotional support for oh. such a bad company i yes. know right oh my god so this is him getting wild this is pepe longstocking <laughs> where he's dressed as pippy longstocking <laughs> complete with a little yarn wig and a cute little apron um okay. also i should say this dog did not care like visibly was unbothered by wearing clothes unbothered by the noise around it he would just sit and chill like they would pet him and he was like did not acknowledge cool. anything that was happening around him like oh he was a very God. blissed out what little a guy good little dog so this one is maybe my favorite where he's dressed kind of like the rocketeer uh -huh. he's got like a little leather jacket with a big like, like a bomber shearling, yeah, yeah <laughs> shearling collar on and i don't know what his dad is wearing something buckskin adjacent which gives me pause yeah but the you know pepe looks great and oh then here God. he is as a little angel because he's a little angel oh my god he's, he's got little angel wings and a little halo <laughs> that pepe long stockings thing is so batshit so funny it is they can't believe they made a tiny wig for this dog <laughs> people were making these clothes for him like custom he had custom costumes Oh my god. So here's some hats and jackets. Stop it. So here he is and like sometimes he would just wear like fun patterns and colors. Like he was really Yeah, he would just wear them style. himself. Yeah. Yeah, he'd just be like, give me that. Um like he had the Batman closet hat. and clueless and he just wanted to wear is that a Batman? It's a hat? Batman hat. It's a Batman hat. It's like a little Batman top hat. Also and he knew how to like pose for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you could see the full profile. He really did. And then he was he was a birthday boy one time and he had a little birthday hat on. <laughs> 
There are whole tumblers devoted to him. Really? I found so many looks of his. <laughs> um, and sometimes he likes oh, to, like to wear crazy <laughs> glasses. So here he is. Oh. Um, this picture was labeled as Pepe dresses as a nerd. Uh-huh. He's got like thick framed like red glasses oh on and another little bandana just to add some more visual interest. Wow. And then one of my favorite looks, he wore the googly eye glasses uh-huh. where the eyeballs oh. fall out on like little springs. He's also dressed as Dracula. I think this was a costume change. You'll have a better shot of the Dracula in a moment. Thank goodness. Oh yeah, don't worry. Oh I gosh. covered all my bases here, but don't worry, guys. We're only on slide six of eleven. Of 11. <laughs> this is really. There's not a lot of history or context. There here. doesn't it's need just to a be. lot of fun. Yeah. I didn't look into. What his are his best feuds? <laughs> I honestly hoped that he was involved in some storylines because there are, as you'll see in the article that I'm going to link in the show notes about the dogs. The dogs were often involved in bigger storylines, uh-huh. but he was just there because he's this guy's actual oh pet that God. he just started bringing with him places. Oh so like he wasn't in storyline he was just an emotional support dog from what i can tell they didn't use that language to describe him but that seems to have been his function pretty clearly um oh my god he was an accessory king (laughs) one of my favorite looks of his is this cow print cowboy look because it's back now too it is really back so he's got a little cow print cowboy hat on and a little matching um jacket and he's a black chihuahua i should say and because he's old and dignified he has some silvery muzzle so i think the cow print goes really well it with his does fur. tie in very well and oh. on the right he's just wearing <laughs> what is that he's wearing a winter look so he's got a little <laughs> like he's going skiing on. yeah he's like yeah he's like in the chalet drinking his cocoa uh-huh. and he has a little hat with like a, a puff ball on it on the top <laughs> of his head and i've never liked anything more just than this so cute show. do you think there's an adorable little cabinet with all of his outfits in it and like I teeny little them. hangers they are really well made i have to say teeny whoever hangers. teeny little hangers for like the, for dolls yes. like i had for my american girl dolls. american girl sizes yes. i told my uh, niece about american girl size things and how yes. she should start looking for them for her dolls oh, yeah awesome. they are the best um oh so oh my gosh he's he was bl- like a very dignified man in black sometimes black so on the left he's in he's, he's like putting on the ritz there formal wear. He's, the ritz. <laughs> he's in a full-on tuxedo with top hat he is right. <laughs> definitely putting on the ritz um unfazed by the scary bald man holding a title directly behind right? him um and then on the right he's dressed as the rapper ice cube oh my god <laughs> So he's wearing a little tiny baseball hat. So good. And a little tiny leather jacket. And he almost disappears because he's being held by his dad wearing a black leather jacket. But the Tumblr, according to Tumblr, he is actually dressed as Ice Cube. Oh, nice. Deliberately. Wow. Um, Which is very funny. Um, So I did a Halloween specific slide because he often liked dressing (laughs) in spooky costumes. So here he is. <laughs> here he is as Dracula. Uh-huh. He's got your classic, you know, classic. Your yep. classic mm-hmm. uh, Bella Lugosi style, like a big popped collar with the red satin uh-huh. lining. Um, that was the one that he was wearing with the googly eyeglasses uh-huh. earlier. Uh-huh. We'll remember. Then for Christina, I have the, the witch tiny man. witch. Look at the witchy man. He's got. He looks. I love that picture because he looks really smug too. He's like grinning at the camera, but he's got like a little black crocheted witch hat with. <laughs> an orange ribbon and he's got little bat print like bow tie on and then um actually this might be my favorite costume of his he was a devil yes so he's got little devil horns and a little devil dress on i just and it's so cute and i don't even think that was necessarily halloween when they filmed that i think he just wanted to dress like a devil that day he's just having a day Mm -hmm. he's just hanging out and you can see really the scale of it he was very small yeah like he's like he is a little small. like five pounds me. That's where the batteries go. That's where the batteries go in his butt. It's so funny. Oh my um, god. So in conclusion, he was a very good boy. Oh. <laughs> I just had a couple of of other pictures. He dressed as a clown one time, which he looked a little bit skeptical about. Yeah, he did. I know clowns weren't really as in in 1995 as they are now. And uh, then Santa again, because Santa is just so funny. He clearly didn't like having the beard on because Mm -mm. his chin is up really high and he's like, I don't like And those eyes of his Mm -hmm. did not like it. He's got the real buggy wall eyes that like little chihuahuas have where they're just looking in two completely different directions. He's just so cute. The cutest little guy (laughs) that, you know, his, his owner said he had a really long and happy life and... 
there's like I mean people again were like what a dumb idea sometimes online which like again I don't know just let people enjoy dogs and costumes guys yeah also if and the, the, he wasn't the, in storyline or anything yeah. as far as I can tell he was just there but there were also a lot of people like celebrating him on Tumblr and like talking about how Good. cute and funny they found him on Reddit and like oh I did a lot of research <laughs> so the whole point of me doing this was to try to have less research because my life is a little crazy right now yeah. but then I was like I really want to honor Pepe McMichael and I ended up doing <laughs> way more research than I probably yeah I think ever 11 slides is the longest you've ever done yeah. yeah it really is because he's just a real look king and there were so many things that I this could say about him truly um, uh, so good so we're gonna have a whole I'm gonna do two slideshows this time there will be uh, uh, so we can also have more right. of the beautiful masks uh-huh. and more uh, scary Bray Wyatt stuff and then we'll do a separate Pepe <laughs> Pepe slideshow which Pepe are you guys oh yes okay this is a really good this is really good. Oh, this is hard. Okay, you guys go first because I, I we're really looking go back through and forth. it again. I yeah. think I'm I think I'm cow print. You cow print. Cow print Pepe. I kind of suspected. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which Are one? you witch Pepe Christina? I have to be. Look at that energy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that and I was like, this is definitely Producer Christina. Mike, which Pepe are you? Oh. It's a really hard choice. I do think I'm the witch one, and if I'm not the witch one, I do think I might just be the mo- the this guy hiding behind <laughs> yeah. the bandana. Yeah, and he's got a beautiful little sombrero on too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's mainly the like no. Yeah, <laughs> you can't even really see his eyes because the bandana is up so Dude, high. It's up so high. Um, Mike doesn't have access to the slideshow, he says, oh, wow. sadly, because I, I didn't let anyone look surprise. at this beforehand. Yeah. It was a surprise, and I forgot to share it with Mike so he could look at it while we were talking, as he usually does. But, Mike, honestly, I feel like you might be putting on the Ritz. I think you may I be, think putting, on might be putting on the Ritz. Because it's New Year's. He always dresses mm-hmm. up for yeah. New Year's. Yeah, that's so. Mike. So really, Mike is a very good dresser. Mike, do you want to come look and see you putting on the Ritz? No, okay. he says. Okay. And I think, honestly, I'm probably Pepe Longstocking. Yeah. Yes, I would say the so. The one with the... Because yeah. it's the redhead and also... <laughs> there should have been a Laura Ingalls Pepe in there. Yeah. Yes. I wonder if there was. Oh like, I was afraid... This is all from, like, my Tumblr dive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I do a Google image search, I will never stop researching. So there's yeah. probably more out there. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm. This is going to be how I cheer myself up now. Pepe McMichael. Yep. He's a very good boy. Yes. Um, wow. Thank you, Sarah. So, yes, thank you. Thank you, guys. It was a real stretch of the format, but you know, what better time it. than Halloween to talk about tiny dogs and costumes? Truly. Oh, my God. Um, and I found a really <laughs> oh, good Oh, <kid>. no. <laughs> Who's the banana? Who is the banana? <laughs> so uh, for the GIF on the final thought slide... Since I had a separate slideshow for Pepe. Is that Anna Gasteyer? <laughs> it looks like Anna Gasteyer. So like, I thought the same thing. Mike usually puts in a fun picture or something to surprise us on the final thought slide. So he had me pick one. And I found this gif of like a bunch of the divas in Halloween costumes. Yeah. But then it, th- it does this pan over and everyone looks beautiful and is wearing a sexy outfit. And then someone is in a banana costume. And I don't know who it is, but it's really funny to it's me. It's very funny. Really looks like Anna Gasteyer. And it's just so quick. I can't even tell who it is. Final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. Wow. I, lo- I, I mean, I love dogs and costumes like everyone else, but I, I do think it's important that the dog is not miserable. Yeah. No, the dog is a very happy dog. And that was a happy dog. A dog mm-hmm. happily and... Just chilling. More yeah. disinterested than anything yeah, else. Yeah, he and had that, no feelings on the clothes. That is why I liked it so yeah. much. <laughs> yep. Like, it's the pure, like, what... Of yeah. it is, yep. That's why I was couldn't stop laughing. It's very funny. It's so um, funny. Oh, in the spirit of uh, the season, also, so many talented artists are doing Inktober, of course, mm. where they're drawing different pictures. And uh, a bud of mine, um, Daniel Warren Johnson, who is an amazing comic book artist, is doing uh, wrestlers for Inktober right now, oh, and he's cool. posting a lot of cool stuff on his Instagram. I highly encourage everyone to go check it out. Yeah, um, He's done a, a number of the wrestlers we've talked about on here. His most recent one was Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's really fun stuff. That is fun. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, it was a super fun episode. Everyone yeah. was mm-hmm. completely different, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a theme, but it wasn't really... It wasn't too... It was good. Yeah, we weren't all stressed about the theme. Which Different versions of themes. A lot of times of you get stressed about a theme. You and you're like, I gotta do it right. Nope. No, this was just really fun. Yeah, it was. Everyone have a safe and spooky Halloween. Yes. Spooky Halloween. Spooky Halloween.